I'll admit it. I've been trying to ignore a recent trend for a while now. You know, you walk into Barnes & Noble um, or any bookstore, in the vestibule you see adult coloring books just lining it. Mandy Hussey concedes that the concept can be a head-scratcher at first. The first time I heard of adult coloring was about a year and a half ago from my mom, who when she initially told me about it, I was kind of like, wow, you're adult coloring. And then she said, well, your brother's girlfriend is adult coloring, too. And, and I was like, huh, okay. It wasn't long before Hussey, who worked at Indiana University Press at the time, went out on a limb and proposed that the press consider publishing their own adult coloring book. The idea popped into my head during a meeting, and I kind of just shouted it out, wondering, like, how many people are going to think this is stupid? And how many people are going to be like, wow, that's cool? And everybody had the, wow, that's cool reaction. Nobody said out loud <laughs> that that was stupid or ridiculous or uh, wouldn't sell or anything along those lines. Hussey was pleasantly surprised. To put things in context, this is a publisher whose latest titles include Interpretation of Nietzsche's Second Untimely Meditation, but even a scholarly publisher has to acknowledge the phenomenon that is adult coloring. Last year, there were around 12 million adult coloring books sold, and the top-selling coloring book is at over 2 million copies now. The IU Press recognized an opportunity and a niche market. We noticed that there were no other universities that had done this, and we just thought the IU campus is so fantastic, we might as well go for it. Published in July 2016, Color Your Campus, Indiana University, illustrated by Melissa Mueller, represents the press's maiden voyage into the heady world of adult coloring. So we've got all kinds of markers, crayons, colored pencils, all kinds you can think of, um, all kinds of adult coloring books. We've even got bookmarks that you can color. On this Sunday afternoon at the Public Library in Bloomington, Elizabeth Gray is leading a program called Many Shades of Zen, Coloring for Adults. We've got calming music playing in the background, and then we've got healthy snacks and drinks as well to enjoy while you just sit calmly and color, and we're all kind of chatting quietly. There are a lot of people here. This is a well-attended program. Yeah, we've had a few leave already, too. So, yeah. so I think we've had about 15 here. It's been super laid back and awesome. It's just been, I was like, we should do this every day in here. A longtime coloring enthusiast herself, the community engagement librarian remembers the moment when she and a colleague sensed that coloring was popular enough to warrant a program like this. We both colored ourselves at home and we've talked off and on about this and then a patron suggested it at one point. That's when we thought well it's time to see if other people want to come together and do it together and enjoy it. So we decided to start it up this summer. I imagine we'll keep it going. We'll probably do it either every month or every other month depending on how it goes. And as it turns out, the Monroe County Public Library is just one place among several in the area where you can socialize and color. The Bloomfield Public Library holds its own program and Lucky's Grocery Store has offered one. And every Tuesday night, just a few blocks from the library, the Backdoor Bar in Bloomington holds its own coloring session. I'm Brick Daniel Kyle. Um, I'm a bartender and marketer at the Backdoor. And uh, every Tuesday we have drink and draw, uh, $2 drink specials, and lots of free coloring supplies. Tuesdays have always been a little soft for us, so getting a little community engagement, getting people involved in art, and since this is such a queer art bar. Um, we just thought it would work. <laughs> so does it? Sometimes we'll have eight to ten people in here. I don't know, we always push it. 
with our social media. Um, it just depends on people's moods, I guess. You have to kind of want to come to a bar to color. Granted, this isn't your preschooler's coloring. The books the back door provides put the adult in adult coloring. We have uh, gay hipster books, um, genital coloring books. <laughs> um, we try to get like pretty tongue-in-cheek with it. Clearly, we're a long way from My Little Pony and Raggedy Ann. Coloring books that would be wildly inappropriate for the traditional coloring set are all the rage now. The top four selling adult coloring books are all these um, swear word coloring books. And this is something that just came out within, I mean, probably the last month I saw the first one. Someone gave it to me as a sample. <laughs> and I looked at it, and it's literally swear words with, with designs within and around them. The title that has sold two million copies has moved down to number five, I believe. But I can't tell you the names of them because <laughs> there's some stars and... <laughs> Asterisk. Not all of the coloring books designed for adults are off-color, but they are wide-ranging in terms of content. Whatever you're interested in, it seems, there's a coloring book for you. Elizabeth Gray remembers the ones that first hooked her. The first ones I saw, which has probably been five years ago, maybe they had that, those Mandela coloring books, and I thought that was really cool. Summer of 2000, way before this was popular, I picked up um, one of the Dover publications. Alyssa Brooks was also coloring at the library. And it was a Celtic knotwork stained glass coloring book. And I just started doing it then, and then people started getting me these kind of coloring books every Christmas. <laughs> And now there's a coloring book for those who love IU. We are looking to not only showcase the beautiful buildings of the university and its campus, but we're also looking at the spirit of the university as a whole. So we've got sports collages, tailgating, little 500, and all sorts of things. The book does include the big landmarks, Sample Gates, the Well House, and Showalter Fountain, among others. The structures are recognizable, but are elaborated with surface pattern and whimsical background elements. The Kirkwood Observatory, for example, is surrounded by a swirling starry night. Instead of a monolith, the Wells Library is a fascinating study in stacked limestone. Basically, you know, with all these buildings, you know, you look at them and they've got really great lines and the architecture is really fantastic and appeasing to the eye. Melissa Mueller illustrated Color Your Campus. However, you know, you don't want a coloring book where you just color in gray buildings. So I really wanted to try and, you know, incorporate really cool designs. Depending on what picture they choose or what mood they're in, they can just make it their own and just have fun coloring it in. The coloring book pages are a lot of fun. Some of Mueller's drawings remind me of psychedelic posters from the 60s. Still, I'm dubious. Has the entire Hoosier nation suddenly taken up coloring in their spare time? Um, it's really all about relaxation. Book concept originator Mandy Hussey. The target audience for adult coloring books is supposedly people in their 20s and 30s. Young adults walk around with their phones. Mm -hmm. They stare at them. Um, and this is a way that, you know, they're coming home from work and they're setting down that phone and picking up a pencil. It's always been calming for me. Kim Zeller came to the library's Sunday afternoon coloring program. I have, like, a lot of stress, so I have a lot of coloring books. Coloring isn't the only art-making activity Kim pursues. Sometimes I do, like, some crafts, just anything calming. I don't really view myself as really creative, just it's a great stress reliever for me. 
for Elizabeth Gray, it's a way to be creative without having special skills. I'm not really a great artist, so this is the perfect thing for me to do because I can create without having to worry about it being perfect, and just it gives me an outlet. I just love purples and lavenders and pinks, so that's pretty much what I stick with. Sherry was also enjoying her afternoon coloring at the library. Oh yes, I'm away from the house and the kids. <laughs> Don't get to do it very often. Maybe you could sit down on the floor with them and color. Well, it's not the same. The five-year-old, my granddaughter, she just, she doesn't want to stay with it very long. This takes time to color like this. What Sherry was saying was remarkable. Not only are adults borrowing from the toy closet, it seems, they're suggesting this toy might be better suited for their own purposes than those of their children. What's more, grown-ups are changing the rules. With the preschool notion of stay between the lines, the lines are your friend, you've heard that so many times, um, but that's not something that you have to do here. Why couldn't you draw the sky pink if, if that's what you wanted it to be? Even if adults are coloring their own way, still, what does it say about our culture that so many people are turning toward an activity that is usually abandoned with sippy cups and training wheels? I think people need help knowing how to relax in a way that's not self-destructive. Juliet King is the director of the Graduate Art Therapy Program at Heron School of Art and Design at IUPUI, and also teaches in the Department of Neurology at the IU School of Medicine. And I think people need help knowing how to cope and juggling all the things that are on their plate. And I think that that's what drives the, the books flying off of the shelves. But why might coloring be the activity that promotes relaxation and coping? Why not go bowling or adopt a dog? The art-making process evokes a psychic and a biological equilibrium that artists have understood and explained since the beginning of time. But art has been long roped off as the domain of the few. I would say 95% of the time, if you ask somebody to make something, they're going to say, well, I'm, I can't draw. I draw stick figures. That's pretty much how our school systems have raised us. Are the benefits of the art-making process then off-limits to those who don't identify as artistic? We all have the capacity for high-level creative thinking and being and expression. It's just I don't think that many people are very confident in their skills of creativity, and I don't think that we are trained or educated to understand the many ways that creativity Activity takes place or can look. So I think picking up a coloring book is an accessible way to feel like you are doing something artistic. And doing something artistic and making something makes us feel better. Just to have some kind of a statement, maybe this is not on a conscious level, but to have a statement that we actually exist and that we, we are here to do something of meaning in the world, I think at a very uh, deep-rooted, humane level is very important to us. Maybe coloring can, on some subconscious level, give us the sense that we exist. Over at the back door, Brick, the bartender, takes it a little less seriously. It's just using your hands for creative purposes. It's not necessarily art, but it is fun and it's, you know, gets your creative juices flowing, especially when drinking. It's a lot more fun. During Parents Weekend at IU, September 23rd through the 25th, 
wall-sized illustrations from Color Your Campus will be on display at the Indiana Memorial Union so that students and parents passing by can color them in. And the press is holding an online coloring contest that weekend on their Facebook page and on Twitter with the hashtag ColorIU. The second book in the IU Press coloring series, Color Me Michigan, comes out in late 2016. For WFIU Arts, I'm Yael Cassander.